Hey guys, welcome to the I Hope You Hear This podcast. Today I have with me Blair Kim, fellow podcaster. She's a host of the When I Grow Up podcast.、Um, and our families are really good friends. But I randomly got a text message from her saying she wanted to share about postpartum depression she had been struggling with for the last half a decade. Really took me by surprise, but I think this conversation shed a lot of light into what that can look like for a lot of different people and、um, the things that she did to kind of get out of that. So,、um, thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. What's up, Blair? How are you? Sorry, <laughs> no. I'm just sipping my tea. Uh, how am I? Yes. I'm great. Great. Yeah, I'm gonna just do this real quick. Okay. Just so.、Oh, okay. Yeah. Just wanna make how sure. How are you I, doing? I'm great. Yeah. I'm great.、Um, back into podcasting after a while. I like your new studio. Thank、here. you. Yeah. It's nice. New house. Yes. Yeah. Oh gosh, there's a mosquito over there. I'm just, Is there? Sorry. I'm just. Wow, that's really big. Yeah. <laughs> This can be all part of the podcast. But you know those mosquitoes I heard don't bite. Is that true? I don't know if that's true. Let's not find out. I guess. Probably don't. Perks of living in Georgia. Okay. Nice. If anyone wants to know, David Shin is capable of、uh, killing bugs <laughs> quite well. <laughs> you know what's funny?、Um, we we couldn't use the vacuum. For like a week. Why? Because there was like huge cockroaches that we found in the living room, and like I can't, I can't do squishy, like crunchy, you know. <laughs> yeah. So I just sucked it up into the vacuum. Oh my gosh. Just kind of closed it and just left it there. And I was like, we have to wait until it dies, until we can like empty it out. So it was just sitting there. And they don't die. They don't. Die. They're very like resourceful. Right. Like I mean, I heard like don't they survive like nuclear yeah bombs and stuff yeah that's they, really gross. They say that、uh, if there's a nuclear war, cockroaches are the most likely to survive. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, okay, that's but I've never done that the vacuum thing. Yeah. I I think that would be a good like product. Could, I'm sure they have it. I'm sure, but I couldn't find any good ones. <laughs> I just use my vacuum, but anyways, there, there's a reason we met today, right? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. It was kind of、um, my prompting,、um, but welcome back. No, thank you.、Um, I really do actually just want to know how you're doing, but、mm-hmm. since I'm here, I guess I will talk about me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>、um, so I contacted you recently in the new year,、um, and I felt like you know it would be good to have a conversation. About how I've been doing,、um, I feel like you know you're a really good person that listens well,、um, and you know everyone loves that. I hope they hear this platform. No, I、Thank、truly、you. mean that because I feel like every guest I've ever talked to that's come on your podcast, like we all say the same thing. Man, David is such a great facilitator. He's the best host.、Um, and so, me personally, I, I there's a big piece of my life where I feel like, yeah, I should not. I should talk about, but I want to talk about.、Mm-hmm. Um, and as an extroverted processor, I'd love to process it with you. Sure.、Um, I've thought about talking about about it on my own podcast, but it just you know it's a different kind of 
atmosphere and vibe. The When I Grow Up podcast. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. that one is more geared towards like finding about finding out about careers. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, it's really cool to be able to hear other people's journeys as well. Mm. Um, but it's just, you know, different sharing my own, um, yeah. my personal life. But uh, the reason I wanted to talk to you was, uh, yeah, I in the new year have experienced a humongous like shift in mm. my life. Um, and so I'm here today today to talk about my postpartum experience. Mm. Yeah. And just to level set, your kids are five and four? Six and four. Six and four. I know. So crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, four years is not a long time, but it's also a very long time. Yes. So. Yes. Like, so really all I know about what you're about to share uh-huh. is that like single text that you sent me. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Obviously. What I really did I say? Went, I don't remember what I said. It, it was literally just, hey, like, um, like you were talking about postpartum depression. Yes. And how you feel like you've been going through it for the last like six years. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I can't, I've never been diagnosed mm-hmm. like uh, with anything. Um, it's just what I experienced and I so I I feel like I should disclaim some things before sure. I share. Um first thing is everyone is different. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's postpartum experience is so different um than someone else's, mm-hmm. but also could be the same. Mm-hmm. Um and so the reason I want to share is because I don't think people talk about it enough, or at least I didn't, mm-hmm. um, in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, I don't think I can, like, uh, call it depression, because, again, I, it's not like I was ever diagnosed. I never saw a professional uh, to help me or anything like that. I've never talked to anyone professionally either. Um, but I know that what I felt was very real, mm-hmm. And, and I also know that there are many people that have been diagnosed with postpartum depression, and I don't take that lightly. And um, and I also don't want to compare, you know, myself right. to the to people that um, have been clinically diagnosed with it because it's a whole everything is like such a different scale from everybody else. And I don't, um, oh man, to be honest, David, you know, we pushed this interview back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after we did that, I was like, should I not? Should I not share this? Like, maybe maybe it's better that I don't. Is Wait, so is the fear that you are going to misrepresent what this is? or There's that. Uh, there's that. And also, like, it's just, like, fear in general, right, mm. of people, like, feeling a certain way about mm. what I'm talking about, about my own experience. Right. Um, and also, like, just, it's very personal to me. Mm. Um, but... So is it also, like, a fear of being vulnerable kind of thing, too? I guess. Mm. Like, because this is, like, so real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm an honest person, but this is, like, like terrible person mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> no but I, I think that's why we should have the conversation mm-hmm. even more mm-hmm. right because well first your fear of misrepresenting this mm-hmm. uh, postpartum depression mm-hmm. like i i get it like you know if like 
I'm depressed and I kind of go around saying, oh, I'm depressed, but like I'm not really diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who like literally have like, I don't know, like suicidal thoughts all the time. Yes. Like, like, yeah, for sure. I don't want to take it lightly. But I think that fear also is probably what stops a lot of people from talking about sure. it. You yeah. Know? Um, so I think in just that one point alone, it's important to share. But also the fact that it is really personal to you and vulnerable, like you feel mm-hmm. vulnerable sharing it. I think there is something in the process of talking about it, I think maybe um, it'll like kind of feel like a load off your, your shoulders, you know, just kind of getting it out there. So I know we're already here, so I know you're going to do it. Yeah, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to further encourage you to be bold about it. And uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not going to miss my opportunity. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so where should I start? So can we start kind of, I'm interested to hear about this kind of backwards, right? So okay. from the moment you realized, oh, this might be postpartum depression mm. to kind of how you recognized it as such as you kind of like mentally traveled back in time. Okay. So what was there an event that triggered like, oh, shoot, this might be postpartum depression or were you kind of just contemplating life and then just hit you? Okay, so like... I don't, I don't know if there, there were, maybe, maybe there was an event, but literally since the start of 2023, um, I feel like, I mean, visually the image would be like, there was something covering my eyes and it's just been lifted. Hmm. Um, and in the change of like attitude and behavior, I've begun to reflect on the last six years of my life and have shown myself grace, hmm. right? For the things that have happened or how I've felt. Um, when I talk to people like close friends about it now, I, I look back and I said, you know, like I think most of the time i've just i just for six years have felt really melancholy Hmm. like i feel just like nothing or like really don't want to do anything you know and Hmm. i but my personality right is like just soldiering through So even that, right, it's like I think everyone's personality is different too. How you yeah. handle situations is different. Um, but I igno- I recognize that. I recognize- I look back on the last six years and I recognize that, um, yeah, I was just kind of doing what I was supposed to do, kept going. Um, I wasn't pretending, but it was just like blah all the time. Mm. Like, you know, just like. Um, I mean, I'm here, so I'll just do it. But right. David, like, if you knew me before I had kids, like, I was not like that. And I, after, again, today, I finally feel like what I did before having children. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's, so, yeah. I'm sorry, you were going to say something? Um, I was, no. Okay, yeah. sorry. Because um, from the moment you recognize that, the, mm-hmm. the event of, like, your eyes mm-hmm. feeling like it's being opened... How long did it take for you to, like, come back to being normal? Like, was it immediate? Immediate. Wow. 
So do you think the fact that you didn't recognize it as potentially postpartum depression is kind uh-huh. of what kept you in it? Um, possibly. Hmm. Possibly. Um, I will say, like, I can't, again, every time I come on here, I feel like I have to say this. But, yeah, me personally, I cannot, like, separate who I am with my faith. Yeah. And it was, for me, um, recognizing my identity as a beloved of Jesus Christ mm. um, and really accepting that, right? It's like, oh, who am I? I'm I'm none of these things. And first and foremost, I'm a daughter of Christ. And, like, I've been a Christian I don't even know how long now. Mm. Um, and to really own that, I, I want to say, you know, we're turning 35 soon. Like, it's like... Um, I'm a children's pastor, yeah. like, and, and I'm I'm just being honest here. Like, it for me to fully embrace, oh, God, not just likes me or not just loves me, but He likes me, mm. um, has been like such a huge revelation in the last like two and a half months. Mm. And honestly, yeah, parts of me feel embarrassed to say that just because of you know. Um, just calling myself a Christian. Yeah. But it's so freeing. Yeah. It's been so freeing. And so I think that was a, that was really the huge event that happened where um, 2022, some, some things happened in my life where I started to question who I was as a person. Hmm. Like, um, I think people, okay, I'll just be honest then. Okay, people, people approached me in my life that people that, um, uh, know me mm-hmm. and are my friends. Right. And they started to question things about my personality mm. and in being confronted with those things. I mean, it was painful, like sure. to just like look at myself people not being like satisfied with who I am. Mm. Like, what is, what is that? Right. Mm. Like, okay. If they're not happy with who I am, then what am I supposed to do with that? Like, Mm. I thought I was just being myself. Right. But if being myself is not good enough for the people that I, I have, I call my friends, then, um, are they really my friends? Sure. Right. Those kinds of things were happening in mm. my life where I had to really reflect on who I am as a person. And in in going through all of that and at the end of the year, everything just kind of coming together um, and the revelation from God of my own life that like, hey, you know, like. You don't have to be. I don't want to say ashamed. It it was more like I just didn't know I didn't like who I was. Mm. And then when I realized, oh, God likes me, like, and it's different, right? Like when we have kids, like, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but like, we love our kids, mm-hmm. but there are days we don't like oh, them. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And I didn't know that I felt that's how God saw me. Right. I didn't know I needed to hear a Blair like God doesn't just love you. He actually really likes you. Mm. And um, 
yeah, and it just it, again that was when the the veil came off my eyes, and I really awoke to the to the truth mm. that um, who I am is who God made me. Wow. So it sounds like the big kind of event that happened was this confrontation that happened yeah. with your friends, uh-huh, uh-huh. and in processing that, is that when you realized? So did you recognize that you might have? postpartum depression because you were examining who you were as a person and recognizing that there was something different Hmm. or was it kind of separate yes i think part of it was that because what i was being confronted with Hmm. i understood why they were saying the things that they were saying Hmm. because i wouldn't like that either in another person Hmm. i think Hmm. Um, but you know, it started to become this like, well, why don't they understand that I am having a difficult time? Mm. Right. Yeah. And then I started, well, why am I having a difficult time? Mm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And, and then it was like, oh, because I literally am just doing my best right right um you know getting up Mm. (laughs) making sure the kids are fed and going to like going places meeting people socializing these are all just things people do but i was doing them because i knew that i had to do them not because i wanted to do them right and so when people were Mm. upset with me for the things that i was doing it was like well I thought you guys were my friend, so why don't you understand what I'm going through? Mm. But it's I wasn't talking. I mean, you don't like go. I mean, not you don't go, but like, I I started to ask myself why don't why didn't I talk about it? Mm. Like, why didn't I tell my friends? Oh, this is how I'm feeling. Mm. Please understand where I'm coming from. But then you don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. You know, you don't want to talk about like how you're feeling. Um, because there's nothing to really talk about. Yep. Do you get what I'm saying? No, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. there's not you don't there's nothing to actually talk about other than, well, I mean, life goes on. Mm. My I still have to take care of my children and my family. I still have to go to work every day. Mm. It doesn't change anything. Mm. So you just keep going. You know why I think it's harder to talk about it is because if you tell somebody, like I feel weird, like I feel like depressed a little bit. The immediate question is going to be, oh, why do you feel that way? Mm. And if you don't know that why, mm-hmm. then it's so hard to, like, have that conversation. Right. Because, like, you ask yourself, like, oh, why am I feeling this way? Oh, there's no reason. So let's just power through this. Like, right. soldier on like you were talking right. about. Right, right. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And then, um, you know, my friends, too, they I have a few that... Um, had kids at the same time Mm. as i did and yeah again you get we don't want to talk about Mm. those things Mm. (laughs) like and you know i can give you examples of things that have happened Mm. you know where i can recall and i can i know exactly what was going on like Mm. i look back i'm like wow who was that person do you mind sharing no i don't mind i would i've been thinking about it you know, in preparation for this moment. Uh Um, But David, I do think I should go back to the beginning, if that's okay. Okay, yeah. Um, 
so there were a lot of things that I think led up to even just how I was feeling um, post baby. Mm. Um, I mean, you know, but uh, with my first child, uh, I was one of like the first people out of my group of friends to get pregnant. Mm. Uh, and, you know, I have always, that's nothing, I've always wanted to be a mom. Mm. Right. Like I, I remember I was working um, my my job out of college and people would ask me like, oh, so like, are you going to work hard to get to the top of your of your career? And I'm like, I mean, I guess. But at the time, my career required me to travel a lot. And I, I would tell them, actually, like. I'm just going to be here for a season. I actually just want to be a mom mm. when I grow up, you mm. know? And so um, people respected that, you know, thankfully the people I worked with. But um, yeah, so it was like everything I wanted was was that. And then I got pregnant. Um, I was coaching at the time. I was a figure skating coach at the time. And um, yeah, like I, I think I was like, Oh, not just that. I wasn't just coaching. I was actually starting a new project with a friend. Um, you've had him on your podcast before with EJ. Oh, that's right. Yes, um, I remember this. And mm-hmm. it was like a just like it was long story short. There was an empty space, and then me and EJ were trying to do something for the community. Right. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things were happening. I had my hands in different places, and David, I felt really good. Mm. I felt purposeful. I felt like God was using me. I felt like I had a voice, mm-hmm. right? All these things. And then I got pregnant and the pregnancy physically like laid me out flat, yeah. literally. Like literally. I could not get out of bed physically. Um, and th- for those that don't know, it's just like morning sickness was, I don't even know if you can call it that. It was just <laughs> sickness. Like I, I, you know, and Again, other people experience different things. Not everyone goes through this. Um, and I have I, I really I really do want to empathize like because I do have a lot of friends that have trouble getting pregnant. Mm. And so I don't want to sound ungrateful, mm. but this was just my experience. Um, yeah, so I literally physically could not sit up without throwing up yeah. like my hands are sweating right now even mm-hmm. thinking about it um that i think it was like week nine or ten when it was at its peak uh, where david had to uh, go to e2 the summer retreat. oh right mm-hmm. so he was and equip or yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah and so i uh I, we had a roommate at the time, my best friend, oh, who's also been on your podcast, Christina Martinez. Mm. Um, she was staying with us for like, I think only a couple months, but, um, and David could not, you know, not go to this retreat. Mm-hmm. So that was, he was gone for three or four days. Um, I did not get out of bed for like, I think six days or six or seven days because every time I moved, drank water, my friend Christina tried to take care of me and try to get me to eat stuff. Like every time I would just smell something, it would be like 
violent throwing up not just a, it was like violently throwing up right and wow. so disgusting like i didn't know so i didn't shower either i just laid there in bed um i didn't know like what happens if you don't shower for that long mm. but literally like dead skin just like starts falling off <laughs> wow. it's so disgusting wow. um I remember finally being able to like crawl to the shower to bathe and just like, oh my, I'm getting emotional. Just thinking, what the crap is this? Mm. Like, like, what the F is going on? Yeah. Because I can't do this. And um, it was like that for me for almost seven months. Yeah. Um, and I the whole time I was mad. I was like mad at God. I didn't even talk to him. I remember, I remember, I remember there were not many thoughts at all, mm. not even about Eli, like, because I was just trying to survive, right? right? Like there, David, like there was one night, it was so bad that I was like just weeping and David took a video of me mm. and I'm talking to myself and I'm like, in the video, I say, Blair, if you ever think about having children again, remember this moment. Mm. Like, think about it again, right? Yeah. And I was so sick that, like, yeah, I... And then doctors were like, oh, yes, like, it's it's normal to have morning sickness. Mm. So they would prescribe me things. And honestly... I thought it wasn't helping the medicine that they would prescribe me, but turns out it was. Cause like I was taking the medicine and I was still throwing up. I stopped taking the medicine because I kept, I kept throwing up anyways, mm. but it was actually worse. Mm. So I was like, so okay, it did help. yeah, it did help. Mm. Right. And so anyways, it was, it was that for seven months by month eight, I finally was like, okay, like I can finally like think mm. <laughs> a little bit. And, um, move around, go see people. Um, I mean, I remember people were like, is Blair alive? No. Like, no, like truly I, I, most of my friend, like friends who are mothers, I can picture them pregnant. Mm -hmm. I can't picture you pregnant. Mm -hmm. I, I literally, I don't think I saw you the entire nine months for both pregnancies. Yeah. 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 And so, um, yeah, it was pretty awful. And so, uh, thankfully my my delivery was very smooth um, I got I chose to get an epidural um, and everything was fine with Eli's delivery um, after that no when I saw Eli it wasn't instantaneous love for mm -hmm. me it's not like I just you know, he came out and I held him and I was like, I'm so in love with you. It wasn't like that for me. Again, it's different for everybody. But um, instinctually, yes. Did I feel the need to take care of him and like want to protect him? Of course. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it that, you know, I, my, oh, so David and I, we don't, our parents don't live here. Mm. Um, my parents live in California. His parents live in Brazil. 
Um, of course, they were here the first um, month or two uh, to help us out. And after that, um, for me, it was better. I was able to find a rhythm on my own. Um, I, I preferred it. Um, however, looking back, and again, it's nobody's fault. Mm. I think it did contribute, right? Mm. The lack of support, like that kind of um, family support. Yeah did contribute to whatever I would exhaust, whatever I was feeling during that time. Um, But I didn't know it then. And I wouldn't take it back either. Sure. Right. Like I I wouldn't take it back. It's just looking back on it. I'm like, Oh, maybe it probably most likely contributed right. Mm. Um, To whatever I was going through in those, in that first year, Mm. Um, you know, I'm sure you know because you're a parent yourself like the first year is grueling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, until you have kids, you don't really know. Mm. And and on top of that, no one really told me. And then if they did before having my own kid, I don't think I really cared. Right. Right, like yeah. like you know, you don't, you just, it's a, it's like doesn't apply to you, yeah. so you don't really care. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, I like to think I handled it well, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I had the luxury of being a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. uh, but David would go to work and come back. And help me, yes, but it's just different. Sure. You know, and um, going back to like examples that you were asking for uh, of like specific incidents that would happen where I felt kind of crazy. Mm. Um, It was a lot of that, right? It Mm. was a lot of like comparison, Mm. right? Like so unhealthy like Mm. so toxic things like i mean what do you do all day Um. right like you get to go to work Mm. and i'm stuck here with the baby Mm. um who is like literally you know needing me 24 7 yeah and then, like, I can't even leave because you can't feed the baby. <laughs> like, mm. I'm breastfeeding. Mm. Um, and, again, none of it was David's fault. Mm. But I just made it David's fault, right? Mm. Um, I remember there were times where we would fight. I would fight mm. him on mm. those kind of things. Like, um, I mean... Okay, this one situation, I don't even remember what it is I brought up to fight about, right? Mm. I was always just picking a fight with him. Mm. Um, and David, you know, how can he not, like, 
be mad. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. it's not fair for him either. Mm. He's a he's a new dad. Mm. He's just doing his best. Without him, I cannot eat. Mm. Like, I don't have. We don't have food to eat. You know what I mean? Like, I can't. I literally cannot live without my husband working. Yet I'm mad for him going to work. Right? <laughs> right. Like, just crazy. Like, yeah. just thing. Like, not. Things that don't make any sense, right? Mm. It's not logical at all. But I remember, like, I was, like, so frustrated and mad. I, like, the thought that crossed my mind was, like, oh, I don't even want to sleep in the same room with him. Mm. And I don't want, and I almost felt this, like, well, I'm going to protect Eli from David. Wow, that's interesting. Right? Mm. Isn't that crazy? Mm. And so, like, and I, and I, so I, I was like, well, I can't leave the house is mm. what I thought, right? Mm. I can't. And I'm telling you this, whatever we were fighting about, I don't even remember at this point. It wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. It was just me taking things to the extreme, right? Yeah. Me victimizing myself, right? Mm. And I, and again, I, to be fair, you know, I think he could have handled things differently too, yeah, right? Yeah, but, sure, yeah. but again, we were just new to everything, yeah. you know, and no one to talk to. And then on top of that, in David's defense too, like, how old was he? He He's 30 now, six oh, years ago. 24. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? Super young. Yeah. Um, like, just try to figure out how to be an adult yeah. right we all are and i'm mad at him for trying to do that is basically and, and to be fair also relatively new to the country right yeah. so many things like yeah. and on top of that like um i think eight months in uh we were trying to buy a new house mm. and if you ever bought a house i don't know if you know how how complicated it can be mm. um you know and he he has a healthy amount of pride, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like he, it's not that he didn't want to ask for help. It's like, who do you ask? Right. Right. Yeah. And things like that. It's just, we're, I'm sure there were so many times he felt so alone, mm-hmm. so alone. Mm-hmm. And I just made it worse, you know? I, but, but um, going back to that situation where I felt like I needed to protect Eli, right? Yeah. My baby. I was like, well, this is my baby. Mm-hmm. Right, which is not true. Not true. I remember leaving the room to go sleep in the guest room, mm. and thankfully, my husband is a man of character, and he came in and was like, "What are you doing?" Mm. And I was like, "What do you mean? What am I doing? What are you doing?" You know, and and <laughs> and then, um, you know, thankfully, we we resolved whatever situation that was that night and Mm. I got back in the room but even in that right like I just remember feeling so alone Mm. and so like right Mm. in that moment Mm. but also feeling crazy Mm. (laughs) like crazy as in like my emotions were just so extreme and that it my behavior was like really like unbelievable Mm. if i'm honest yeah but you know like just hearing about the whole like from pregnancy till the birth Uh like i can really like i can't i can't relate but i can see why you would be in that position 
Thank you. And, and, no, because <laughs> like, just because like from what I picked up, right? Like you went through this grueling pregnancy period mm-hmm. for seven months, mm-hmm. right? And then you pop out the baby mm-hmm. and you, because like a lot of people, they're told like, oh, the moment you see your baby, you're going to feel this instantaneous love connection. But like you said, it doesn't happen for all mothers. Right. So that doesn't happen. And then you, you get a little bit of support. I mean, a month for like, taking care of a brand new human being, it's not that long, right? So you get a little bit of support, but then you're just kind of, it's just you and your husband and this new human being that cannot do anything by itself. And you've stopped coaching. Yeah. The the project with EJ stopped. Like you're, like you had all this purpose, but like now all, like you're being kind of told that your only purpose is to protect this baby. Yes. and, And care for this baby, right? Yes. So, I can see why you would be protective of Eli. Like when you're mm-hmm. like upset with David and you're fighting him, mm-hmm. I can see why you're saying I I got it. it's like it seems instinctual and it yeah. seems like like kind of a survival mechanism that seems normal mm-hmm. um given like what you went through cuz mm-hmm. and I I imagine like when you're pregnant, I've never been, so I can't say, but I imagine when you're pregnant, you give birth and you're like, okay, like the hard part's over. Mm-hmm. But in reality, it's like it's just gonna get harder you know right, like right. physically maybe like your body is not under that much like stress mm-hmm. but you're like you're mentally you're literally 24 7 having to make sure this kid stays alive yeah and like you're like going running around trying to like entertain educate <laughs> feed like i truly people who haven't had kids I'm sure you can't you can't really appreciate like what you went through, and mm-hmm. I I honestly can't fully appreciate what you went through because I'm I'm not a mother. Mm-hmm. Um, I can only speak to what I've observed my wife going through. Yeah, yeah. So it sure if I if we just hear the part of oh you fought with David and then suddenly you were like I gotta protect Eli from David mm-hmm. that can sound crazy, mm-hmm. but I think for the whole picture when when we think about it like really from your perspective it's not like i don't think it was a anything that out of the realm of possibility you know yeah i appreciate that and what you said actually clarifies a lot of things in my my own mind right now too um but yeah i think that's absolutely right and thank you for um knowing where i was going with that because yes everything i did i felt so I don't want to say purposeless, but kind of, you yeah. know, and, and then again, people were people and me and I'm like, oh, my new purpose is Eli and this mm. baby. Right. And it, it didn't feel comfortable. And it's I'm like, am I good at this? Like it. And then and then you just start pouring everything into the baby because mm. you don't know what else to do. And then those situations happen, right? Mm. And I, I don't want anyone to misunderstand. Like, there were so many good moments in that yeah. first year. It's just, um, it's just sometimes in that first year, the bad moments honestly outweighed the good moments mm. for me many times. Mm. And um, physically, mentally, emotionally, um, it was just a lot. Mm. Um, I And I do want to, like, just to give another example of, like, just my uh, emotional extremes. Mm. Like, and a lot of it was centered around David, poor, poor guy. <laughs> um, but he was the only person I saw. Yeah. 
you know, like, yeah. um, <laughs> he's, you know, we're really involved in church ministry too. Yeah. Right. And so like Friday nights, like Friday night youth nights, yeah. um, he wouldn't, I wouldn't see him at all. Right. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't come home at all. And I would be like mad, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, okay, it's great. Just leave me here, you know, but obviously that's not what he was doing. Right. Yeah. And, um, and, th- and then I got like jealous almost mm-hmm. of like, um, oh, he gets to go to youth night and I just have to stay at home with the baby. Yeah. Um, and then you feel again, like dumb because it's like, why do I not feel like I get to stay home with the baby? Mm. Okay. Then why am I complaining? oh my gosh, I'm complaining again. You know, it's like this cycle of like, am I, does that make me a bad mom? I don't know. Like, and then your husband comes home from having a good, great and very like blessed time. And then you fight, I fight with him again, right? And then I remember one night he like, wasn't saying anything because he didn't know what to say and i just went to the i like after the uh, eli went to sleep i remember going to the bathroom and like david like sobbing like Mm. just like from your bones like just weeping Mm. uncontrollably because i literally felt like oh like no one in the world understands how i feel right now Mm. like um and not even my husband, yeah. but how can he, how could he, right. you know? And, um, again, it wasn't his fault. It just, the emotional, I don't even, what do you call that? Just the emotional, like hormones that I guess that or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's just like, again, I just like, okay, do you, I don't want to talk about this mm. with anybody. Mm. Why it's such a hassle yeah. to bring it up yeah. and feeling kind of embarrassed mm. about it. So anyways, a year goes by mm. finally, but sorry, uh-huh. before we move on, I, I do want to um, say when we gave birth to both our kids, uh-huh. um, I, one of the things they, the nurses like kind of like make sure you understand is if the mom feels sad, um, it's totally like it's even there are some moms who feel suicidal uh-huh. and some who have like, like, this, this sounds very gruesome, but like some think like, oh, I want to kill the baby. Mm. Like those kind of those levels yeah. of kind of what we perceive as irrational uh-huh. thoughts. Right. They're uh-huh. like, that's like part of postpartum depression. Like that's yeah. not. Like, you're not a bad person if right. you feel those things. Right. It just means that you need to seek help and, and make sure that the baby's safe and things like that. But mm-hmm. um, I, so all, all that to they say. They talk to you about that? Yeah. No one talked to me about that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Then that even more so would be like such a like because like you don't know why you're feeling these things. Right. Because, like, yeah, they were straight up like Shirley, like, hey, like if you feel like. Like, they were like very nice about it. They uh-huh. used better terminology. Uh-huh. I just can't remember what it uh-huh. is. But basically, they were like, if you feel like you want to kill the baby, like just like call this number mm. or like make like make sure you give the baby to a trusted relative or your mm. husband or somebody, and then seek help like 
via this avenue or channel. I see. Yeah. Yeah. So all that to say, like everything you're going through, it doesn't sound like it's like a personal thing, mm. right? I'm sure there are people who who've gone through yeah. something similar, and in much like more irrational degrees, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, like. I want to use this moment to kind of uh, give a shout out to all moms mm. who like, you know, like it's like so much like physical change. And they, they told us like you can have those thoughts because of uh, like chemical shifts in your brain mm. now that you've given birth. So like all these hormones are like firing. And so, yeah, like man, you not only have to go through like huge physical trauma, but now you're going through like mental changes. Yeah. And um, Korean fathers Actually, is it Korean moms who say this more? But like from like a lot of Korean people, Korean adults, I heard, like you're the, the fathers, you get you have to do well because like you can't even imagine what the mother's going through. Um, so glad to hear that David, for the most part, did well. No, yeah, um, he did great. Yeah. But I'm sure. But then, yeah, if if you if you guys were the first ones in your friend group mm-hmm. to kind of go through this, through this, like you have no one to talk to. And if, especially the nurses didn't tell you about postpartum depression, then mm-hmm. you don't even, you just think like, Oh, I'm just going crazy. Like you don't even know that there's a, a legitimate mm-hmm. medical reason why this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and then I, I think like later too, like when my friends started getting pregnant, um, more of my friends were getting pregnant. I think looking back even during my pregnancy, like people would kind of side comment to me because they would remember how sick I was mm. and they would be like, how are you like not depressed? But I didn't even know that I was, right? And because cause they were like, you just feel so like useless. Mm. Like I did, I felt so useless. Mm. Um, I would even say like, um, in the first six months after having Eli too, and you're trying to like search for like, I don't know why I did this, but a different purpose other than being a mom, mm-hmm. it kind of, my thoughts even went to like, oh, I'm just this, this vessel that feeds my child every day. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, things like that. Like, um, but anyways, you know, I can relate, you know, um, you know how I wrote those two books? Yeah. I wrote those because I felt like, like it was like right before um, Aza was born. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I wrote it because I felt like my only purpose is to provide for the family. And like I felt like I needed some other like creative expression of my purpose before I'm locked into really just being provider. Did I talk to you about this? No. Yeah, yeah. It was um, it was like people were like, oh, great, you wrote a book. But yeah. behind it all, it was a real like desperate clawing of like trying to um, like, I guess, rediscover like my other identity really? besides just someone who makes money. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, so I can relate a little bit to like a much lesser degree. No, no, too. no. Listen, dads <laughs> have it completely different. Mm-hmm. And I've I've watched David go through his own sufferings mm-hmm. too, um, but oh, what was I saying? Like you were like trying to find other like purposes. Oh yes, yes. Um, but so so after a year of Eli being alive, mm. um, 
I started physically feeling better mm-hmm. back to myself. Mentally, I could like see through the fog a little bit better. You know, Eli had been sleeping through the night at this point, so I was getting better sleep. Um, and again, I know we're highlighting just the lows for me, but there were many highs yeah. throughout. You know, it's such a special year. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember just like even feeling like super mom, you mm-hmm. know, being like, oh, yes, like I can do it all like yeah. and take care of my baby. Yeah. And it was great. It was great. But again, the there were just so many extremes. And um, after a year or two, I was feeling better physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, just starting to get my bearings again. Mm. It was, um, Eli was born December 27th um, in 2016. So, you know, coming up on one year, it was literally like, you know, entering a new year. Mm. Um, And I remember January 2017 coming up with the idea for when I grew up. Mm. and was that kind of your other purpose well i didn't start it until later but i had started thinking about it Mm. because i was like ready i was ready to do something else Mm. right and so i even remember like i was like driving i was listening to someone else's podcast um oh i think it was christy knuckles okay and i thought you know i like talking to people you know, yeah. and like just it kind of just went into this whole like, yeah, okay, if I did a podcast, what would I do, right? And I started talking with other people about it and everyone seemed to really think it was a good idea. So I was like, okay, like, yeah, I'm going to do that. And uh, I got pregnant again. <laughs> By the way, I think we were all kind of surprised that you Yeah, you I was pre- surprised yeah. too. Oh, you? <laughs> no, no, I wasn't surprised. We were, tr- we were trying. Mm-mm. We were open mm. because I just didn't think. Mm. I just knew I'm the only child, so I, I just knew I wanted to have another one. Mm. So I didn't think about it. And man, David, this one was just as bad as the first one. Mm. Um, like, and it was so funny. Like, I didn't know I was pregnant, but I just had a feeling. Mm. Um, but I went, so, and then I, and then I found out I was pregnant and then David and I had to lead a, like a college, I think it was college retreat mm. in the mountains mm. on the most windy road that you could ever imagine. Uh-huh. Right. And I got so sick on this ride that from that point on, it was just downhill. Right. Like mm. I, I, I was literally in bed the whole weekend. Um, like our student, the students had to watch Eli, um, and going back home, I was like regretting everything, just throwing up on the way. Like everything was like, just looked at David. I'm like, I why did we do this again? Um, but this time around, it only lasted. I think I want to say five months. Mm. It was almost like my body, because I still had to take care of Eli, so mm. it was almost like my body kind of knew, or and it was used to maybe the first time getting pregnant, um, but it's still miserable, still just like wanting to throw up my guts, mm. and uh, yeah, like thankful that it was a girl. Because <laughs> mm. um, you wanted both? I or? wanted 
I wanted both and I just felt like if it was a boy that I'd have to try again <laughs> and like just so many things but yeah. um, at the same time also very grateful that um, yeah it happened so easily for mm. us and that the babies were healthy mm. um, so many things right as as I feel like I grow older just being exposed to more about pregnancy and life and um seeing my friends go through stuff that mm. yeah i know i'm so grateful mm. for my situation but again it was it was just really tough yeah and then uh, actually zoe's delivery mm. was like traumatizing mm. um yeah, she so this one was really quick. Uh I went in, my water broke, but they said that I was still only four and a half centimeters. They asked me to walk around the hospital. I did that. I went from four and a half to eight and a half in like thirty, forty minutes. Oh. Um, didn't like I was screaming epidural, epidural. Mm. They're like, Okay, if you if you can stay still, we'll mm. give you the epidural. Mm. Um, I'm I'm gonna stay still, so mm. just give it to me. Mm. Um, I will say, like, cause I know uh, you guys did everything naturally. Like, I don't know how you guys did that, but but I've come to learn, like, mm. if you prepare mentally beforehand, and it is a, a different situation. Yeah. But me, I just I had always planned to get the epidural, so mm. I was not prepared for anything. Uh. Um, so I was like. I no one and the pain with Eli was not as bad mm. than with I think just the jump from four to eight was like crazy for me. Mm. So I was like screaming, and then um, I remember screaming to the nurse like, "No one told me it was like this." Like, and then I was like, and then I was like, "It wasn't like this the first time, you know." And they're like, "It's all right. Like just breathe through it." And I was like cussing and like. Um, it was, I'm just I'm just a dramatic person in general, but um, anyways, I managed to sit through the epidural, but then at that point it was almost like I got it too late, mm. um, because when it hit is when I had to push, mm. and then I couldn't I couldn't feel anything like at all, um, oh. so because the drugs had hit, and at that point, um, Zoe had like. I guess she was stuck. Mm. And then they tried to use the vacuum to pull her out. Um, but then what I learned later, I didn't know at the time, but I guess uh, her heart had stopped beating. Mm. And then... Um, and this was like much later, right? What do you mean? Like then you found out, like, wasn't it like you, you saw your doctor? at like Yes, the, so yeah, crazy, yeah, yes. Yeah. So like, um, well, I mean, at the time, the doctor was just like, Blair, there's no time. We have to have an emergency C-section. Mm. They were like, before the the words even were coming out of her mouth, they were already like ripping cords from the walls. I felt like, I watched Grey's Anatomy. So I felt like I was like in this Grey's Anatomy situation. And like, um, they're like, yell. I'm like, where's David? They're yelling for David. He's supposed to come in, but then there's no time for him to change into his, what, his scrubs or whatever. Mm. Um, 
And then like we get into the operation room, you know, they're counting one, two, three, they lift me. Even all that was like just traumatizing. Mm. And I, I, and then on top of that, um, they give me anesthesia to, to have the emergency emergency C-section to get Zoe out. And um, I'm throwing up from the from the anesthesia right so i'm like i'm gonna throw up i'm gonna throw up so i'm like throwing up Mm. as they're like cutting me Mm. and then um david comes in and i'm just looking at him like what's going on Mm. Uh, they get zoe out Mm. and she's crying so i'm like oh maybe it's great Mm. like everything's fine and they tell me everything's fine so um yeah i did not think that situation was as serious as i later found out that it was Mm. but after um zoe was born um, my blood pressure was really low so um they couldn't get my blood pressure to rise Mm. so like i couldn't because every time i sat up i would feel nauseous and want to throw up Mm. so i like so this is not a big it's not a big deal okay it's just my personality and who I am but like yeah so Zoe's first meal out of the womb was um a bottle that David gave her gave her but it was just as a mom Mm. and knowing what I was had been going through for the last year and a half almost two years at this point um I again before I okay I had my purpose is for my children and to feed them and I I I would keep sitting up to feed Zoe and I kept wanting to throw up and I was like I can't I was like I can't do it I can't do it and so they're of course they're great they're like it's not a big deal like David can feed her She'll, she'll get skin to skin with David I'm like so upset right and I but you know again um just trying to survive mm. the moment so i gave up i pulled you know that situation mm. and then um but yes the story is later like during the pandemic mm. is at this point zoe's like two um i find out i run into my doctor that delivered zoe mm. and she like remembers mm. like me it's been two years like me she remembers Zoe. She remembers my surgery. And I'm like, she delivers a ton of babies, okay? Yeah. And, like, um, one of our good friends uh, works at this OBGYN. And we were having dinner, and she explains to me, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but Zoe actually was, like, her delivery was miraculous. Mm. I'm like, what do you mean? Like I mentioned before, her heart had stopped and dropped very low. Um, And then our friend, my friend tells me, hey, like, I don't think you realize, but the favor of God was over Zoe that day. I'm like, sure. Okay. Yeah, I can acknowledge that. She's like, no, like, listen, like if Zoe was delivered today, um, our OBGYN office that we attend. Oh, I guess, I guess you guys go there too. Um, Like majority i guess now uh midwives deliver Mm. the babies and um in that emergency situation if doctor not to had not been there um she said yeah i don't know we would have called the on-call doctor but 
I don't know how fast it would have been. Um, she also said, if I hadn't gotten the epidural uh, when I had, um, it would have taken more time to give me the epidural and the anesthesia that I needed to have the C-section. Yeah. So it actually shaved a lot of time off mm. for them to uh, get Zoe out. Mm. Um, yeah, and so like she was, and she was like, and Dr. Natu is one of a very highly respected doctor in her field um, to do that kind of surgery that quickly, that efficiently, yeah, it was God. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. you know. But, you know, for me, that was like super traumatizing, yeah. all of it. Um, I, I remember asking David, like when you guys were oh, yeah. like, kind of out and about again, like normal questions, oh, how was the birth? And I remember David like saying, I, I literally, I thought I was going home with just two babies that day. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. Then, but then I don't even think he, like he really understood everything that was going on. He it's just it, yeah. like all the chaos and mm -hmm. like, yeah, I, man, I can kind of like relate. I mean, just because I've seen my wife give birth too, but wow, what a, I mean, it must have been traumatizing for David as well. Yeah, I mean, he told me he was okay. So like, there were after you know you have a C section, they have to uh, sew you back up, mm. and so. Um, he had already come out with Zoe. Mm. And so he was waiting for me to come out. Mm. And I, for me, it wasn't that long, mm. honestly, because I, I remember. But he said for, for him, he had been waiting a long time for mm. me to come out. And then what the kicker was, was that same doctor came out because she, she wasn't there to like sew me up. Mm. Um, she had come out and she looked at David and she said, is Blair not out yet? Uh. And then he said no. And then I guess that is when he started to panic a little. Right. Like kind of like start, you know, imagining what he's going to do yeah. if I'm not there. Because like, even the doctor expects you're out by now. Right. But if you're not, then something must have gone wrong. Right, right. And so she even said, oh, let me go check on mm. her. Um, and so... Yeah, so that's what it was, oh, really. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, but sorry, I know this is like turning into something else, this no, conversation, no, no. but, no, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think just the trauma of that too. Um, and then, I, as you know, uh, going from one to two children is a big change. Mm -hmm. um, like dads can't slack off anymore. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right exactly no yeah dads don't slack off uh, but uh and oh physically after c-section uh was a lot tougher for mm. me i like i was better physically quicker like i was okay but then like the after effects like maybe a couple weeks down the road was a lot more challenging. Mm. Um, like I needed pain medication to manage mm. what I was feeling physically. Um, and, and then like at the end of the day after, you know, what doesn't seem like a lot, but is actually a lot and feels like a lot but then you feel like you can't admit that it was a lot mm. and then 
the residual effects of that coming out at the end of the day when you're exhausted. Um, and for unfortunately for me, it was like in my marriage or in my relationships, right? Like with friends even, mm. was just like difficult, mm. you know? Like I didn't want to do anything. Mm. I didn't like this. I mean, I'm not even going to like spiritually. Like, yeah, I, no, I didn't want to read the Bible. Mm. I wanted to just sit mm. and vegetate. And um, and then all of a sudden there there's times where you feel guilty about that. Mm. And then it's like, what do you do? You know, you can't even relax comfortably. And again, not everyone is me. I'm just, my personality is just like that. I mm. just don't feel myself if I'm not being proactive in something, right? And so... Um, yeah, all of that combined, um, just soldiering through, Mm. meeting up with friends. I would even say meeting up with you and Shirley, Mm. just playing the part. Right. I had fun. It was fine. Mm. Like people like, Oh, how are you? I'm okay. Mm. I'm fine. Mm. Not great. Not good. But I don't say that, you know, um, after Zoe reached about a year, uh, is when the pandemic hit. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then it was crazy. Right. And then I was home all alone again, you know, thankfully, you know, work and then work from home was a big shift too. (laughs) You know, it's like, Oh my gosh, now I have to make like three lunches, you know, instead of just, you know, myself and the kids. And it was, it's fine. You know, we all survived and actually, (laughs) Uh, the pandemic, uh, thankfully for my family, was a huge blessing. Mm. A lot of um, very positive things came out of it. Um, we got to spend time together that we normally wouldn't have, mostly because, honestly, because there was no um, uh, physical ministry demands where we had to be present at church in the right. physical building, right, where right. a lot of my time and David's time is required. Um, so... Because of that, we are forced to spend family time together, which which we always wanted. Mm. But now it was like possible. So it was very good in that way. Um, however, it, you know, it's, it was a different, I mean, literally the world shut down. And so in that, yes, I started the podcast during that time mm. um, in 2020. And it was twofold, right? Like it was because I because it it worked out Mm. right but then for me it really was me um trying to find purpose again and also like trying to get myself out of whatever it is i was in Mm. right and it helped a lot it helped a lot um that's great yeah i mean like talking with people um, sharing life with people and then, you know, people responding to it Mm. and it gave me a lot of life, but I realized, you know, there, there were still nights that I was exhausted and people were still willing to meet with me in the evenings. Mm. Um, but even though I was exhausted at night, I still really liked it. I Mm. loved it. And so, I knew that this was something that I, I wanted to keep doing. Um, but again, even in that, people would still ask me how I'm doing. I mean, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> so then like, 
What would? Because, I mean, again, I think it's understandable because it's just from like Zoe's pregnancy to the birth and everything that happened afterwards. It just sounds like compounding trauma, right? Like yeah. One after the other, mm-hmm. and I'm sure you're still. Because you're still going through the purposelessness right. feeling. yeah. And no, I was going to say, like, what you just said, like, co- everything compounding together. And then, and then, like, you don't have time to think about it. Mm. Like, it's just, like, one thing after the other. Mm. You're cooking, you're cleaning, you're... If they're napping, you're trying to finish the laundry. And mm. then, like, say they have sleep regression. Then it's like, okay, everything gets pushed back. And mm. then... So many things, like, I don't have a complete thought. I can't even sit and, like, just, like, be. Mm -hmm. And so um, I remember even a time where you were, like, because we're both podcasting at this point, and Mm. you're, like, hey, like, let's let's have one, like, about our kids. Mm. I don't know if you remember, but I kept saying no. Mm. It's because, like, I have, at the time, I had nothing good to say. It was just complaining. Oh, wow. Yeah, like I and I didn't want people to misunderstand. Right. Right. And then I even told you, like, I was like, David, if if I come on and we talk about our kids, it's just going to be sound like me complaining the whole time. And I remember you saying like, yeah, well, that's it's okay, Like, that's what it is. Right. I'm like, no, like because it was like it was almost like the complaining wasn't out of love. It was Mm. out of like I was pissed. Mm -hmm. I was angry. Like I was frustrated. Like and um. But you know, I, I think even that—that's like normal. Like I can't, I can't <laughs> think of any parent who are like I only complain out of love for my kids. No, like there are days where it's just like you tell your kid a hundred times, "Don't run around with that cup. You're gonna drop it, and it's gonna make a mess, and I'm gonna have to clean it up." They do it again, anyways. Yes. And it's like it's you're not like they're like oh out of love I have to discipline my child. It's, you're just pissed off. Right. right? That's like natural human reaction. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you're right. You're right. But I didn't want to come on a podcast and like show the world how Mm. mad I was. Right. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, yeah, like, like I I feel good Mm. like talking about it because I understand now that like that's just a season Mm. that people go through. But when you're in the midst of it, you don't realize that it's just a season. Mm. Right. And I will say what's contributed to the shift is I will, it is because my kids are older now, Mm. you know, like it's different. Things are different. Um, My kids go to school and not every day, but um, Zoe's still in preschool, but it's, it's, it's completely different yeah. than it was. You know, yeah. they play together. I don't have to. I mean, the problems and issues are much different now. But, um, yeah. Hmm. So, so um, you know how you said that once you realized that you were going through it, kind of immediately you were out of it? Yeah. So how how would you describe the difference? So let's say that, like having this conversation uh-huh. right now, uh-huh. right? How would it? How was it different when we were having a different conversation while you were still kind of in the midst of it? I probably wouldn't want to talk about it, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, right now, as I'm like having this conversation with you, it, like it's because I enjoy it, mm. right? Um, I think before, okay. So as a as okay, let's just be real again. Um, 
as a church staff, mm. right? Like there's obligation. Okay. Mm. But, and I can do it. Mm. I can do the obligations. Mm. Um, and I can get through them. And honestly, I bet people would be surprised mm. to know that like, I was just getting through it. Mm. Um, but now, I like want to actually know how you're doing, mm. right? Like, oh, how are you doing today? Mm. Oh, good. Okay, that's great. Mm. Oh, and I, I'm just listening. It's fine. But right now, like my, I'm completely engaged. Mm. But I will say again, as I'm talking, I'm realizing too, like it's because my attention is not as divided as it used to be, right? right? Like as my kids are older, I don't have to, they don't need me entirely, mm. right? And I can be myself again. Mm. But looking back on everything, because I was thinking about this before talking to you, like, mm. oh, is there something I would have done differently? Mm. Or is there something I wish I had done differently? Yes. Do I have control over what happened? No, but like, I think if I had just let go, mm. <laughs> you know, and not been so worried mm. or, which is a lot, it's like hard to, hard to let that go, right? Because yeah. they're your children. Um, I, I feel like I would have enjoyed it more. Um. Am I talking like in code? I can't tell. No, no, no. I, well, okay. I, I feel like I can totally relate. I don't know if it's because I'm a father or right, not. It could but, be. Yeah. I feel like I could be. So, okay. What I'm saying, let me clarify a little bit. Mm-hmm. When you have kids, it is actually very terrifying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like you're responsible for everything they do. They need you for everything. You know, like they cannot do anything without you. And um, the responsibility that I feel is like how they turn out in life is going to be directly because of how I have impacted, influenced parents, whatever, them, right? Like, like even them like falling mm. right it bothers me yeah <laughs> like right. i'm not even like oh like they tripped and fell i'm like why did you fall <laughs> uh-huh. right and it's like not every day but right. just sometimes like oh like why are they being so careless like mm. just obsessing over like everything that they do Mm. i think is i think Mm. i think is natural Mm. but i was just extreme Mm. like about it i don't think i'm the only one sure but if i could if looking back again if i could have just let some of those things go Mm. i think it would have been okay Mm. you know it would have been less less burdensome or or less um preoccupying i guess like i just everything was just i was holding on to them Mm. and i don't know if you remember we had this conversation on the podcast about i forget what that one was about but we talked about our kids yeah i think i always like just drove the conversation to that (laughs) for 
like whatever the topic was. I think it was the one where was it the one where I was like, I'm gonna try to be unfiltered. I don't know, but we talked. You compared it to like you compared parenting to like even Hitler having parents and stuff. Do you remember that? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I did talk about Hitler uh-huh. quite a lot back then. No, it, it was like. Um, like yeah, so my yeah the the fear I had as a father. Uh, oh yeah, is, oh yeah, oh yeah. Like Hitler had parents mm-hmm. who raised him and had direct influence over right. the person he became. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like we were talking about that, but then like I remember there were definitely times where God intervened, mm-hmm. and it was in that conversation, just like I think a couple weeks prior to us talking, like. I had realized, oh, I really need to surrender my children to mm-hmm. God because mm-hmm. if I don't, like, wh- why, what's the point? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, why yeah. am I, why am I following Jesus? Yeah. That kind of thing, you yeah. know? You know, I mentioned this on the previous episode, um, but during, like, I went to counseling um, for anxiety and my my counselor was like, like she recognized that I was very like similar to you like uh-huh. obsessed about like how I'm raising my kids uh-huh. and how like I need to be that provider right. right and I remember the question she asked me that still is like something I like have to remind myself is like well if if you're trying to do all these things for your kid like how much room are you leaving for God to be God over their lives right yeah and I was like oh gosh like mm-hmm. i'm not giving god any room mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. So. yeah yeah exactly and so sorry david i don't know where i was going with this but in all that uh, mm. oh yes yes like just letting go right mm. of of i mean i guess this pertains to anyone's life yeah. just letting go like yeah. of whatever it is that you feel like you have control over mm. um I think is key. Mm. Um, but yeah, so to answer your, going back to your question of like, how are things different now? I think that's one of the major things, right? It's like, um, I want to be with friends. Mm. Um, I think, you know, there are many times too, where I would like feel left out, mm. right? Because of our seasons of life are different. And so I held it against people. Right. Mm. Um, not purposefully I think it was just like again this emotional um, hormonal trauma that I was feeling that it contributed to maybe a passing thought right that would turn into more than it should be Mm -hmm. I feel like Um, and I say I say more than it should be because I know that in a previous life of before children Mm -hmm. this would not bother me Mm. as much as it does now is what i'm saying and i i understand that everyone's degree of this is different um but for me it was just like those types of things that i would hold against society like people like Mm. the world and um in turn it would just make me not want to socialize at all Mm. okay then it's just me my kids and my husband mm. against that's fine sometimes your husband yeah <laughs> right <laughs> but like it's just like if it's just gonna be the four of us then that's just how how i don't need anybody mm. else mm. but that's not yeah that's not okay 
Um, and I truly felt like that mm. for years. Mm. And it's so um, interesting to me mm. and so embarrassing for me. But Were you aware you were thinking that? Or was that just kind of just something that was happening that you recognize in retrospect? Like this whole like it's our family against the world kind of mentality. I will, okay. Um, I I recognize it in retrospect. Mm. I did not know I felt that way at the time. Mm. I don't, but I do want to clarify. It wasn't like I was. It was like us against the world. It was just. I wanted to isolate mm. right like i didn't it, it turned into like okay well if they feel that way or if they're not gonna include or whatever it was which which wasn't true mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. i want to it wasn't true then at least we have us yeah it's mm. what it was right so it's like you there were instances where you feel like you were being left out and also compounded on top of that it's you went through what a lot of people would call pretty unique set of circumstances Uh right that compounded with all this trauma that that probably made you behave a certain way towards these people right and is that what the confrontation was about Yes. Mm. Yes. Along with other things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes. Gotcha. So th- let me ask you a hard question. Are you thankful that these people confronted you? Oh my gosh, David. <laughs> uh, <laughs> am I thankful they confronted me? Because... From I I don't know if this is true or not, but from just what I'm hearing, it sounds like that confrontation kind of allowed you space and reason to think back and kind of organize all the things that have been happening, all the thoughts that you weren't able to have because you were so busy, preoccupied, to help you realize that you were going through this thing and thus help you come out of it, right? So... I don't know if it's a direct causal effect of the conversation led to you like kind of getting over postpartum depression mm-hmm. or not, mm-hmm. but it at least seems correlated, right? So oh. I, like, I don't know if you can say that you would be in the place that you are now without that conversation. You, you might be able to, but I, I don't know. I, it's From this conversation, it's not clear to me that that could have happened without the conversation. You know what I mean? No, I get what you mean. No, yeah. I I do think this that 2022 year had to happen. Mm. And I had to go through it. Mm. Um Yeah, I guess so. I don't know if I'm <laughs> thankful, but like Right, right. No, yeah. But I I recognize that it was necessary mm. and I guess thankful mm. 
that it happened. Mm. You know, have you heard that um, like Chinese like I don't know, proverb or like story of um, like, like a Chinese uh, horse rancher? No, it's been going around on the internet. But it's it's basically it's uh, this guy, this Chinese guy. He he has like these horses. He has like four horses, right? And then one day there's a storm that knocks over the fences, and the four horses like run away. The village comes and says, "Oh, that's bad luck. Like that, this happened. The storm happened." And the 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 guy is like, mm, "I don't know yet." The next day, those four horses come back, but with two extra horses that they found along the way. And the village people come back again and say, "Oh, what great luck! Like there's these new horses that you, like that you got." And he said, "Oh, I don't know." And then his son is out there trying to tame these like wild horses and in doing so the horse like kicks him and breaks his leg and the village people come and say oh that's that's terrible luck and the guy again says i don't know but then the day after um there's a war happening like military comes and says we're going to be drafting all able-bodied young men Mm. but his son's leg's broken so he doesn't get drafted so the village people come again and say great luck he says, oh, I don't know yet. You know what I mean? So, like, in the moment, like, anything can feel good or bad. Mm. But ultimately, you don't really know if it was good or bad. Mm. You know? So, um, and I think this applies to kind of your entire story yeah. of, like, like, what happened with your pregnancies, like, what you went through. Because, like, if you, who knows, right? Like, if you didn't go through the hardship like the first year of having Eli, you might not be the mom that you are now. Yeah. You know, and like yeah. the way that Eli and Zoe are raised, like they're such great kids, mm-hmm. right? Like maybe that might not have happened if it weren't for the experiences that you went through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's all to say, um, I think it's helpful to be reminded of that, reminded of your story mm-hmm. um, for people who are going through hard times, right? Like especially mothers, right? New mothers who like, don't know what's going on everything's so new life is so different mm-hmm. it's nice it's good to remember like you don't know what this hardship is gonna lead to in the future absolutely yeah, yeah so and it's also nice to hear that like there's a season right mm-hmm. it wasn't the fact that you had kids that was like what's difficult right. it was the fact that you had infants yes. right and yes. now that they're a little bit more self-sustaining it's like you, you get freed up and, and you're able to, yeah, not be so distracted and preoccupied all the time. Yes, yeah. yes. And you learn to let go. Mm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And surrender. Um, yes. Parenting is a beautiful thing. Mm. It's it's hard. It's hard. Don't get me wrong. And no one, if, ever, if someone says it's easy, they're lying to you because, yeah, um, yeah. But it, it's so I'm I'm really coming into understanding um, the not just the sur- making sure the baby survives, mm. right? But then like oh, what it looks like to just um, live a life that is abundant mm. for God, right? Mm. And I can do that with our children and. Um, yeah, it's such a gift and I'm really I really am grateful um, I will admit I'm still coming around to the idea that I should be grateful for my pregnancies and stuff 
Yeah. Um, every time I get a little bit car sick, I'm like, oh, freak hell no. Like, <laughs> okay. and like, yeah. And I look at my friends that are pregnant or um, still want more kids, and I'm like, Yes, you mm. should. You mm. should have. If you should have, it's a blessing. Like mm. I know Shirley's pregnancies were um, not as like crazy. Yeah. I know that she's been sick and stuff like that. But yeah. I'm like, girl, you have as many as you need to. You have as many as you need to, mm. David. <laughs> you guys are great parents. Um, but I, um, I'm just grateful, again. But I. I'm really excited, mm. you know, um, for the next season. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And, and just for um, parents who are kind of in the thick of it, I recently saw on a reel, so I forget who posted it. So sorry, um, I can't shout you out. But somebody posted this reel of, of a mother saying, every time I feel overwhelmed, like taking care of my little kids, I imagine that I am my future self who came back just to spend another day with my, like, little baby. Wait, I want to cry. That's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, gosh. so, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, a, a lot of just, like, perspective shifting. Yes. And, but, yeah, I think, yeah, parenting, it's, I mean, especially for moms, but for dads, too. Like, as you were telling your story of how, like, sometimes you felt like, oh, David gets to go to work, but I'm stuck here. Like, there are nights where, like, like, after dinner and stuff, like, Shirley takes the kids up, like, bathes them and, and puts them to sleep. Like And, like, they won't go to sleep with me. So, mm. like, Shirley, it's really our only option mm. to get the kids to go to sleep. But I'm, like, downstairs doing the dishes and cleaning up. Like, oh, like Shirley gets to go to sleep while, like, I'm here, like, having yeah, to do Yeah, no, the absolutely. I, I, I'm sure it feels that way. Yeah, yeah. And... It's a very, like, let to a much lesser degree than what I'm sure mothers feel. No, no, no. no. But, <laughs> but there is that too. So like, I, I don't know. It's like, I can, I'm, all that to say, I can relate a little bit right. to that like notion of like, oh, like the grass is greener on the other side. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean like, you know, I, during the, I remember one year, um, we, we went like strawberry picking me and the kids and I drove like an hour and a half to get there um they loved it but they complained the entire entire ride there right and i was like when we finally got there i was like oh my gosh like was this even worth it came home and i was telling david about the drive and but then like he saw the pictures and it was it was fun it was really fun and he said oh i wish i could could go strawberry picking mm. and i remember feeling so guilt like so like i'm so sorry like mm. you know you're right i just wanted something to fill my day you know mm. because i didn't want to be home all day mm. um and i'm sorry you didn't get to go strawberry picking <laughs> you know i'm yeah. sure it, it, i forget you know mm. moms forget but it really is a team effort mm. I think about single moms almost every other day and it is insane to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I want to ask with this conversation, do you feel like, like any, like you, was it a positive experience sharing this story or do you like regret it? Or No, I don't regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just feel like my thoughts were really scattered, um, but I hope that someone that listens to it, 
will um, gain some perspective, mm. um, maybe some understanding for uh, young moms, mm. right? Maybe you're not a parent, but maybe you think of a young mom in a certain way. Mm. I hope that you'll show them some grace yeah. and understanding and... Um, yeah, just kind of love in a way that is different than maybe what you have been doing. And then yeah. for moms that are in the midst of it, exactly, I just want to echo what David said, you know, I, it's just a season, mm-hmm. and a season that will just fly by, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I know that when you're in it, you're just trying to survive, you yeah. know, like, and... Um, all the grandparents are like, oh, just enjoy, enjoy. And you you understand what they're saying, but <laughs> it's different, you know, when you're doing it. And yeah. so, um, but you're doing a great job, mom. Mm. You're doing a wonderful job. And um, yeah, I, again, I don't know if this conversation is useful or helpful. I hope it helped me. So thank yeah. you, David, yeah. to just kind of extrovert everything and, being able to like lay out my journey and understand that I, I too can give myself some grace mm. in the last six years, mm. you know, um, has been really good. So thank you. Awesome. And I, I honestly, I truly think people in any position at any stage in life can take something away from this. Mm. If you're a mother, you're doing great. Just hang in there. It'll get better. If yes. you're a father, you're also doing great. Please show grace to your your wife. She's going through something that, that you probably can't fully understand. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not that she's going crazy. Yes. <laughs> she yeah. is going through and recovering from a, a lot of trauma, right? And for people who are near and around parents and mothers, please show them grace. Mm-hmm. You know, They're going through something that you can't even begin to approach understanding mm-hmm. um, if, if they seem short with you if they are unavailable if you know what whatever the case may be that they're different from when they were not parents mm-hmm. it's obvious you know like they're parents now there's mm-hmm. their life priorities are shifting mm-hmm. they've gone through things that you you don't know about mm-hmm. um, so yeah and you know even for like the people who are like in the grocery store and, and they see a mom with a, a little bratty kid running around it's like everyone can say oh i wouldn't raise my kid that way but it's like you don't know you just absolutely have no idea idea. um so i I think um we can all uh all agree you know this is show each other more grace yeah sorry just quick story from you said the grocery store thing i remember eli was um big enough to be like in a carrier and he was like facing forward um and I was grocery shopping with him strapped to me and I was like putting groceries like on the conveyor belt to check out and there was like uh, a male customer behind me and I had a lot of groceries that day and I remember this woman from three aisles down stopped what she was doing and came to my aisle to help unload my grocery basket yeah my cart and i was like 
so shocked. I was so speechless, so shocked. I left. And then she just quickly helped me. Mm. And then she went back. She didn't even say anything. Mm. She didn't say anything to me. I remember just feeling so seen in that moment Mm. and thinking... Oh my gosh! Like and and then like there's this camaraderie against mom with moms. Like, mm-hmm. you see, your a mom open the van door and like three kids come out and you look at them and you're just kind of like yeah, I see you, you yeah. know. And so, um, yeah, truly, I it, it's a wonderful thing to be a mom and um, we see you, we mm-hmm. see you, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh well, wow. Um. That went much longer than I thought it I'm would. So no, no, no. But it was all so good. <laughs> so I'm glad um, we we got to have this conversation. Before we wrap up, is there anything you kind of wanted to add or, or? No, but if you ever want to talk, I am always willing to listen. So. And um, she has her own podcast. <laughs> I would be remiss if I did not plug Shameless that. Shameless plug. Yeah. <laughs> the when i grow up podcast and i think i hearers you can appreciate it more knowing kind of um the mindset that she was in when she Mm. birthed it right Mm. so i I think uh yeah we we can all appreciate the when i grow up podcast more thanks david thanks for having me yeah well thank you guys for listening thank you um thank you blair for yeah just really honestly just the boldness Oh, and I feel like there's a negative connotation to that, but truly, like, mm. being bold enough to share something so vulnerable, personal, and, yeah, so traumatic, I guess. Mm. Yeah, because I, I keep thinking, I, all I can relate to is, is the word trauma for, for like, the all the stuff I heard. Um, so thank you for sharing all that. I know, I know it's not easy, mm. um, but I, I truly believe that um, people who are going through it Um, can hear and and be inspired so yeah thank you guys again for listening thank you player for being here and i'll talk to you guys next time